Hello, and welcome to How to Be a Better DM. My name is Tanner Wayland, and together we will learn about how to prepare the best adventures and environments possible for our players and ourselves. Uh, today we're going to jump right into announcements so we can get to the meat, to the good part, okay? Uh, first, a uh, quick couple of announcements. We're having Rob uh, from Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology uh, run a one-shot for some of our listeners this Saturday. That's right. You heard it right. This Saturday, the 19th at 7 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. Uh, we'll be streaming that one-shot live to our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to have a link to that channel in the show notes, but it's just how to be a better DM. Uh, so you can certainly search for us on YouTube as well. Um, if you would like to sign up for one of the future one-shots that, we'll that we'll be hosting uh, for some listeners, uh, I'm also going to have a link in there. Um, and we honestly love playing with you, seeing you, uh, hearing from you. So honestly, reach out, sign up. We, we really love playing with you. Uh, other than that, just it's, it's more of a favor that we have to ask you. Um, you know, you know that the whole premise of this podcast is how to be a better DM. And we're really into self-reflection and improvement. And the fact is, we don't only want to improve in how uh, in our DMing skills, right? Uh, Justin and I, we really want to improve as podcast hosts, as as people, you know, facilitate facilitating this conversation about improving as DMs. And the only way we can do that is with feedback. And so we've been really wanting uh, some of you listeners to fill out. It's a super quick sh uh, short survey, uh, but it's on our website, betterdungeonmaster.com forward slash feedback. I'm also going to have that in the show notes. Uh, honestly, if you could take a few minutes, it would help us out a whole lot. Uh, it would also help us provide more interesting and helpful uh, content for you, frankly. And so we would really appreciate that, but but enough about that. I've, uh, I've begged for that enough. Let's get on to the main topic. And that topic is house rules. Uh, ju just for, you know, the lay person who doesn't know, a house rule is typically a rule that isn't part of the, you know, of the core manual of D&D &D rules. It's, it's a rule that the, player, uh, the, the players in DM uh, kind of abide by or come up with. Um, just for how they want to run their games. Now, you've probably heard of a few of these, you know, like a, a very popular one. Uh, and this is, might surprise you, but a critical fumble, you know, where you roll a natural one uh, when you're attacking someone, and then it kind of like had a critical success. It's like, oh, a really good outcome happens in the attack. You double the roll, whatever you do, right? A critical fumble is the opposite. It's like, oh, you hurt yourself, or you lose your weapon, or you fall prone, or whatever. Some people play with that rule so, you know, just, uh, just off the cuff, like they they don't even think about it. And yet, that's actually a house rule. Uh, that's not technically <laughs> in the rules. Uh, obviously, a natural one, you know, that's that's not going to do anything. But it doesn't necessarily have to hurt the player. But many people play like that, and you know, many people also have gripes with that uh with that rule because you know if you're a class uh that is just dishing out a lot of hits like a monk for example uh, i mean it's kind of i mean tough tough luck buddy because you're throwing out a bunch of punches that's increasing your likelihood of yes a success but also a critical fumble so i guess the me bringing up that rule in specific 
is kind of leading to my main question. Do people actually like house rules and do they serve a purpose? Uh, in terms of do they like them, I, I think it's entirely on the rule itself. Um, and more important than the rule, the amount, uh, like how uh, unanimously it was employed. Uh, what I mean is that a lot of times, and I've read a lot of stories, I was reading quite a few leading up to this podcast, but there's so many times where a DM just unilaterally is like, hey, uh, I don't like how this has been going. Here's a house rule. Or, oh, this one player, and they might not say this out loud. They might just do it in kind of a uh, passive aggressive response where they're like, okay, uh, you can, you know, you can do this overpowered skill that we came up with together. But, you know, since I didn't think through the consequences, I'm going to nerf it. You know, I read one story where a player, you know, he had gained the ability to turn into a dragon. I, I don't know how he didn't explain, but he, he gained that ability. And the DM was like, oh, that's kind of, that's, uh, it's more OP than I expected. And so what he did was he was like, okay, you do that, but then you have to roll to see if you, you know, if the dragon's greed makes you also try and take things from the other players, you know? And, and that's very much like a unilateral directed kind of like house rule that is not technically in the rules and it's directed at a player. And, and that's when uh, house rules can kind of show uh, negative sides. Be, and to be to give that DM credit, they were probably trying to make the game more balanced, which having a balanced game is a more fun game. I think we can all agree. But when uh, when the rules aren't thought out very well, when it's not discussed outside of uh, the situation, then it can just be it can be a rough situation for the players who feel picked on. Um, and so I guess what I would say when it comes to house rules, if you're coming up with them or if you are tempted to employ one, just make sure it fits a few criteria, right? One, make sure it's agreed upon by all players or at least the majority. And frankly, I, I, I hesitate to say at least the majority because it, the, because that opens up the door to ganging up on one player who, who maybe just, you know, the party doesn't like how that player plays or, you know, they're a little party pooper, so to speak. That's fine, but that should be something to be communicated, right? Not something to have a rule set against them, um, you know, because if you're not having fun, talk with them, right? Try and resolve it that way. Be like, hey, this is a concern. Um, do you have any ideas? You know, we'll try and work it out with them. Or if it can't be worked out, I mean, it might be worth it to just ask them if they want to stop playing or, you know, or something, right? The point is doing a rule is more like it's, it's trying to solve the outward issues of the problem, but it's not getting to the heart of it. Um, so that's the first thing. When coming up with a house rule, make sure it's agreed upon by all parties. You know, not just the DM, not just most of the players, but preferably all of them. Uh, second, make it clear. This is more just, you know, any rule that is not clear can just become kind of a pain. Um, and and especially if it's something that is more restricting, right? If it's a kind of house rule that's like almost uh, 
drinking game-esque, right? It's like, oh, you know, whenever a player says this kind of thing that we all laugh at that he says too often, you know, he has to, you know, take a drink or he has to run out in snow or who knows what. Um, whatever, like if it's something like that, oh, yeah, that's fine. But if it's more like an actual like house rule that you guys are <laughs> taking seriously, make sure it's clear. So uh, to to go through that again, it must be agreed upon, has to be clear. And third, it either has to fit one of two uh, things. It either has to be necessary or it has to be fun. Um, and I'm just going to hop into some, you know, examples here to kind of, uh, show what I mean by either necessary or fun. Um, because like there is such a thing as, you know, adding rules onto something to make it more fun. If you've ever played like a basic card game, like Uno, for example, there's so many house rules, uh, that are designed because Uno at its base is a very simple game. You know, um, you match either the color or the number slash symbol. But a lot of people do it where it's like, oh, if you do a draw two, you know, you add on top of that. And then, oh, and also you can match same number, same color. You can, you know, there's all these different rules that can kind of build on it. And those rules could seem like they're cluttering the game, but they're actually adding some more nuance. They're adding some more fun. And so those kinds of rules, you know, those are great examples of a game that takes something not written in the, in the manual and it, and it grows from that. And so, uh, in D and D there's plenty of things that you can do similarly that, uh, help you grow on the foundation that it has. Uh, but first, before I get to some good ideas and, and some middle ground, like debated ideas, let's talk about bad ideas, right? Bad ideas or examples of house rules. Uh, so I mentioned, uh, the DM kind of unilaterally, uh, banning something uh like for example many dms who have a hard time dealing with a class for me it has been the rogue in the past uh you know just a specific class that's hard you know sometimes it'll be like okay uh no i don't i don't think you should choose that one right uh, don't be don't be a ranger uh because i don't like dealing with uh with the specific thing like a pet or anything like that right um or, or whatever it is, you know, they could just ban something or erase just because they've had a bad experience. And I think that in many ways, that's retaliating against a specific player. It's restricting. And it's, it's kind of just, it's a crutch for the DM uh, to not learn how to play with that specific issue, right? And so that's a great example of a bad uh, rule. Um, and, and there are certainly ways that a DM can be more, uh, you know, maybe change certain races, things like that. But once again, agreed upon, and it has to have a clear reason and it has to be necessary. A lot of times these, uh, unilateral, uh, like bannings of classes and, uh, and certain rules and things like that, it's not out of necessity. It's out of, you know, maybe laziness or, you know, just uh, bias from a bad experience and really don't let a bad experience with a different player, um, stop you from, uh, from letting another player, uh, try and show that, Hey, they can inhabit that role without being a pain for the party. You work 
eight hours a day. You spend time with your family, and when you come home, you do work around the house. And it seems that you never have as much time as you would like to prepare for your D&D sessions. Does this sound like you? Wouldn't it be amazing to have endless material prepared for your D&D sessions anyways? That's where Roll and Play Press comes in. Roll and Play Press provides D&D 5e compatible material for any type of session. Running a one-shot? Check out their One-Shot Wonders book with over 100 one-shot ideas. Getting started with a new sci-fi campaign? Get their Game Master's Sci-Fi Toolkit to have your games much more prepared with much less effort. Why reinvent the wheel? Check out Roll and Play Press at rollandplaypress.com, see what they have to offer, and get a 10% discount when you buy something by using the code BETTERDM10, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-D-M-10, at checkout. Give yourself just a little bit extra help so that you can continue being the world's greatest dungeon master. Um, another bad rule. Uh, bad house rule uh, is just being overly nitty gritty. Uh, what does this look like? Uh, so, for example, I, I know that it is a rule that inventory has weight, right? Um, and some, like, there's some parties that really enjoy the realism of it, uh, especially if you're going on like a journey, right? Because uh, then you, it's kind of like almost a survival game at that point where it's like, oh, I've got a ration, I can only carry so much almost Oregon Trail-esque, right? Uh, and, you know, that's fun. For a lot of groups, though, that's going to just, you know, that's going to ju just get their goat, uh, so to speak. It, they're just going to hate it. And, and there's other things too, right? Like there's, you know, tracking meals. Sometimes that's great, frankly, especially if it plays into the into the specific leg of the journey. But if you're just in town and you're having your players track meals, uh, or track bathroom breaks, or, you know, oiling and waxing their weapons, whatever it is, if you're having them track these nitty gritty things, and every time that they don't say it, it's like, oh, you've got your secret tracker, and you're marking down that they didn't do it, and then you spring on them, spring it on them at a bad moment. And that wasn't talked about beforehand, uh, which in many cases it isn't, or it's talked about, but the DM's like, hey, we're doing this deal with it, right? Uh, if that's what's happening, then once again, that's unilateral. It's not agreed upon and it's not fun or necessary, right? Uh, it's never necessary to do any of those nitty gritty detail trackings, at least for many of the things that I just mentioned, right? And a score of other things. It's not necessary. And with many groups, it's not fun. And if you want to find out if it's fun, you know, <laughs> put it up to a vote. So I, I just really want to emphasize that whatever you're planning on excluding from the game or including in the game, uh, you really need to run it by your players and make sure that they're down for that, right? Because um, um, I, I want to really stress that, damn, you need to give your players credit uh, that many times if you think it's a fun idea, you know, try and sell it to them. But don't, don't hold back. Like, may, uh, like I said, there are many groups out there who enjoy the more survival, realistic qualities of, of D&D and the fact that you can track all of these things. Um, but if you just assume that they would, then you're opening up the door to a lot of disappointed players 
and potentially a broken party where you know some players just leave frankly um but anyway yeah uh, enough with bad examples there's there's so many that you could do and, and frankly i would say that almost any of these quote unquote you know good examples of house rules that i'm going to get to they could be bad examples if the players aren't on board okay uh, but let's go with some middle ground rules. These ones I, I thought I, I kind of categorized into, you know, bad examples, middle ground, good ideas, uh, because, you know, just off the cuff, there's a lot of argument for the middle ground ones. Uh, for example, I talked about critical fumbles. Uh, that's a common one because some people are like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I want, you know, the game to change, uh, you know, at the snap of the fingers, like any time like I roll a success or a critical fumble. On the other hand, there's, you know, some people who have taken a step beyond that where if you roll like two or three, I mean, usually three ones in a row, then that player instantly dies. Um, you know, if that player has rolled three ones in a row. On the other hand, it could be like, oh, if that player rolls three twenties in a row, then they insta-kill that whoever they're fighting right um you know which obviously that house rule you can expect it doesn't need to get used that often <laughs> and it's most a lot most often when i've seen it, it's like on the fly it's like oh my goodness three twenties in a row does that like kill him and then the dm's like oh yeah sure that's that's amazing let's do it um but like setting in stone the three ones in a row kills the player instantly uh, you know, uh, that's a very fun thing for a certain party. Uh, other parties, that's like, mm, nope. <laughs> you can do ter something terrible to them, maybe even like maim them, put them like under a crazy curse that they need to go on a quest for. But like insta-kill, that's, that's kind of rough. So yeah, once again, <laughs> talk with your party about that. Uh, another thing is random tables. So there's some DMs who, I think this is a fun idea personally, because that's I love randomness uh, to, to some extent and it, how it spices up. Um, when I'm lacking an idea, randomness can kind of fill in an idea. Uh, so as a DM and player, I appreciate that. But random tables uh, can kind of get out of control or they can take some of the fun out of it uh, for certain parties. Uh, for example, if it's like, okay, on a natural 20 uh, or for like specific situations, like when you've taken uh, damage over a certain threshold or something. Some DMs will roll on table of, you know, injuries, like as in like permanent injuries, uh, that would need to be healed with like a more major, like spell or, or ritual or something. Right. Uh, so, you know, that, that could be super fun. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, that'd be sick, you know, to like have more realistic, uh, damage effects. Right. But that could ruin it for the player who's like, oh, I, I do two-handed uh, fighting, two-weapon fighting, and and now I don't have a hand, <laughs> you know? It, it's a very interesting story thing, but it, it sucks from a playing mechanics uh, angle for that player. So something to take, you know, and it doesn't just stop with injuries. You know, you could do random tables for critical uh, successes and fumbles which in some ways is great, right? There's, you can find a lot of resources online for those kind of tables, but, or you can even find like critical success and critical fumble, like decks that you can draw from. Um, 
and that's fun, but when it happens to your player, kind of sucks. So, you know, uh, discuss it first. <laughs> uh, another thing that I thought was kind of an interesting middle ground rule was one free success a session. Uh, a lot of DMs will do this, you know, when they're with a new party. Uh, who they're not too worried about, you know, someone abusing the system or min-maxing or anything like that, right? What they're worried about is the the new party of, of new players having fun. And so having them like, hey, you get one free success a session, you know, that's... And obviously you'd curve it by being like, hey, the success of a level one barbarian isn't defeating, you know, a like the big bad, but it means that you're absolutely going to hit, Right and do some okay damage for your level. Uh, you know, something like that. But it, it's kind of a fun idea. Um, another uh, one that I thought was interesting, group initiatives. You know, it's like, hey, if battle is not necessarily your group's jam, uh, or at least they're just very slow to get into it, you can just roll group initiative, right? Um, and and by doing that, you just shave off a lot of that time at the start. Uh now, some really fun, I, I honestly, I've been talking a lot about like kind of rules and banning and, and everything like that. Some of the best house rules are frankly just fun, period. Uh, it's They just kind of arise from the situation. And and honestly, like, like a great example of that is it, there's this kind of laugh rule um, that some people play with. Where, you know, if the DM uh, themselves laugh at an idea that the player is like kind of posing, then it's kind of like the rule of fun or the rule of funny in this case, where it's like, hey, if it sounds funny or, or fun, even to the DM, well, let's just do it, right? Um, it's kind of like maybe unspoken, but like if you set up that understanding at the start, then you as a DM, it, it doesn't make you look like a pushover. It looks like, oh, we're making this game as fun as it can be, right? if it's set up as an actual like house rule. Uh, another thing, you know, uh, some DMs, I, I don't know if I'd call this necessarily a, a house rule, but maybe just like a tweaking of a certain thing. Just, But I would say using the inspiration uh, or hero point or, you know, or ball cap or whatever you want to call that system, the inspiration system uh, where the player gets to, you know, roll an attack with advantage you know, a lot of DMs will make that more flexible where it's like, hey, you get to re-roll an attack. Uh, or uh, some DMs will actually, you know, give out inspiration points more frequently uh, just so that players feel, you know, encouraged to uh, to try things more. And I think that those are all great ideas, honestly. Uh, just using the inspiration system more uh, to, you know, release the player's uh, creativity. Um now, another, I, I just want to throw out that some of the best ideas are specific to your group. Um, it could be like, hey, if your party has multiple things that they want to do, instead of just like arguing for a while, your group could have a specific way, kind of game-like way to deal with conflict, right? It could be an arm wrestle, <laughs> or it could be, uh, you know, stacking dice on top of each other and seeing who gets it higher or whatever else, right? Uh, it could be who knows what, right? Um, running around the house the fastest, you know, just something to kind of take the tension out of an argument 
situation or a disagreement um, between what about what should be done. And it just makes it, it kind of gamifies it. Now, I, I would do this in certain groups and it would, and it would kill other groups, especially, uh, especially groups that don't know each other as well. It might be considered as like, oh, so if I don't beat them at this thing that they're obviously good at, then I just lose all the time, right? You, you want to avoid that. You want to avoid someone feeling kind of excluded or picked on with the kind of rule you set up. Uh, so I, I would just say be extremely creative in all cases. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. There's so many house rules out there. Uh, frankly, it, what I would recommend for my search, uh, if you have issues with combat, there are many house rules out there that simplify combat or, or make it more fun in certain ways, right? Uh, depending on your group. Uh, there are many house rules that can, you know, add some depth to certain systems where it's lacking depth, right? Uh and I would just, I would search those because if you have a hard time coming up with some house rules on your own, but you know that your group could use some, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, just spiffing or, or, uh, you know, shining up the rules so that it's more fun, then just look up some online. Frankly, they have a lot of great ideas and, and I think that you'd find something that would be perfect for your group. And so, uh, honestly, to end this, I would just invite you to, you know, to personalize your game. Don't be afraid of personalizing it uh, as it can unite your group in a really great way. Um, and then if the rules that you think of, you know, if they're not working, drop them like a moldy potato and, and move on with your life, right? Uh, otherwise, I wish you the best. I hope that you make the best and most fun house rules out there. Uh, so go out, make some groups vote on some rules, and let's roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.